Hi, everyone. This is Natalie Pace, your host. And today's topic is where to stash your cash. So if you are concerned about the Silicon Valley bank collapse, the Credit Suisse bank collapse, Signature Bank, and a few others that are pretty low to uh, junk bond status, or concerned that an A-minus rated bank went to junk just like that without any warning then you need to be watching this video conference now about where to stash your cash. We have seven different things that you should be thinking about and doing in order to be the best protected that you can possibly be. If you follow these things, then you are in the best seat. If you do not, and you just think, ah, even FDIC insured investors are protected and non-FDIC because that's what the Federal Reserve and the Treasury are saying. And that's what a lot of the pundits are saying too, that everybody's going to be protected, even if they're not FDIC insured, and even if we haven't changed the limit to higher than 250000 So we're going to dig into the details of, you know, I, I will like my promises in writing. If it's not in writing, I don't believe it as much. So we'll be digging into seven areas that you can get the safest that's possible in today's world where there's so much debt out there. And uh, we'll get started momentarily. Remember, you can always watch this back at youtube.com forward slash Natalie Pace. See you in a minute. All right. So we wanted to talk first about how much banks are at risk. Um, I actually had a coaching session a few days ago and somebody said, well, did we get any warning on these banks? Like, were they investment grade? Were they already junk bonds? And the truth is they were all investment grade. And then they got into trouble and investors didn't really have any warning. Most of them were at BBB, but here we see that First Republic Bank was actually at A minus on March 15th. They downgraded it on March 15th and that was after it had gotten into trouble it was on it was uh, actually a minus on March 14th so you do not get any warning on this now the other thing uh for those of you that know what credit ratings are all about so AAA is the highest and uh, you know C is when it's in default so AAA AAA and then BBB that is the that is the lowest rung of investment grade. If it drops below triple B, it becomes what we call a junk bond, right? So this is a bank that went from A minus straight past BBB, didn't even stop there at all, went straight to junk bond status. Now, why is that of a concern? Well, there's actually a lot more risk in our banking sector than a lot of us are aware of. So I wanted you to take a look at some of these credit ratings. This was just updated a few days ago. And you can see here that most U.S. banks are at BBB. So this is something that should be a little bit of concern. In fact, the highest rating that we have is A. Now, if you look at <clears throat> uh, Toronto Dominion in Canada, Westpac in Australia, or Bank of Montreal, they're all rated higher than US banks. And that's one of the reasons why, just FYI, that a few months ago, 
I said when we were underrating the financial industry, I talked about ways that you could do that by diversifying into other countries because a lot of the value and the uh, funds have a lot of financials. So if you have a large cap or even a smaller mid cap value fund, you're going to have a lot of U.S. banks if it's a U.S. based fund. So when we were talking about diversifying risk, we were also saying, hey, why not think about an Australian large cap value fund instead of a U.S. one? So that's one of the areas. Now, remember that that is on the at-risk side. So we're going to talk about the safe side more today than the at-risk side. But just remember that at our retreats, we talk about the at-risk side for one full day, actually a day and a half on that. We spend one full day on what's safe. So back to the safe side, what does it mean that all of these banks, these US banks allowed their credit rating to fall so low? And that was because they could borrow money very cheaply for the past over 15 years. Interest rates were almost at zero. And so the difference between borrowing money if you were at the lowest rung of investment grade or even in the A status, it didn't, wasn't that much of a difference. Maybe it might be that you had to pay 4% instead of you know 2% or borrowing it, it even under that. So a lot of banks, again, have allowed themselves <clears throat> to fall very low in the investment grade. And that is of a concern. Now, does that mean that our banks are going to fail? It's unlikely because the Federal Reserve Board has put in a backstop and um, they've basically handed out money. And in fact, that backstop has been tapped at a higher rate than it was in the Great Recession. So we know that banks are already doing that. I do also want to say that we do have the bank stress tests being conducted right now. We'll get the results at the end of June. Now, one other thing, and this is more on the at-risk side, remember that the banks that have failed in the U.S., they're saying that all of the depositors will be made whole, but the investors are probably going to end up losing pretty much everything. And that would also include a lot of the bondholders. So be very careful with that. And again, that's why we're underweighting financials on the at-risk side as well. But of course, for your safe side, especially your cash, you know, we have to have a bank account unless you're going to go into crypto. And we've seen that crypto is very volatile. And those crypto exchanges that say they're FDIC insured, we've had a couple go bankrupt. And the FDIC is saying, no, they're not insured. So these claims of FDIC insured through brokerages actually has to be double checked as well. So I'm going to encourage each one of you to read these blogs and to go through it forensically. So basically, if you just go to nataliepace.com forward slash blog, the, the most recent one is on green banks. That's gonna be the subject of our conversation next week, but scroll to the bottom. And from there, what I want you to do, eight fires the Federal Reserve Board needs to put out. That's a good one to read. But seven ways to stash your cash now, that's one you definitely want to read for sure. And then uh, which countries offer the highest risk, highest yield for the lowest risk? We're going to definitely be including Australia in that and then why we are underweighting banks. So all of these blogs that I'm telling you you should be reading right now definitely you want to read. So the sum up and the point number one that I'm making, are banks at risk? 
They are at greater risk than most people are aware of. There's a lot more of the U.S. banks that are at the lowest rung of investment grade than most people are aware of. However, the Federal Reserve Board is handing out money to them. And so we're, we may not hear of a lot of distress in the banking area. Um, that I would still be underweighting them because banks and all financial services, whether it's insurance companies, banks, brokerages, those all do pretty poorly in recessions. If you will recall, during the Great Recession, we had to bail out the banks. The brokerages, Merrill Lynch and all these, some of them went actually belly up completely. Others got uh, consumed by other companies. So Merrill Lynch had to be saved by um, uh, Bank of America. Bear Stearns, I believe, uh, by JP Morgan. So just bear that in mind. And also that there is a caveat, even these brokerages that say they're offering FDIC insured cash, there's a caveat there that this is through a bank. And if the brokerage declares bankruptcy, the brokerage was never FDIC insured because it's not a bank. So be careful here. Now, I'm going to move on into what you can do about all this. And basically what I would say is, and again, this is in this blog so that you can also kind of go through it. What happens uh, to the people and companies who have more than the FDIC limit of cash held at Silicon Valley Bank? And how does that apply to other banks? So if you have more than 250,000, your bank may be saying, oh, we have a bank sweep, so we can cover you up to 500 or a million or whatever. What I would say is this, I think that it might be a very good idea for you to look at your cash holdings and to be diversifying. Now, the things that you want to be do, thinking about are three. So write these down as the Bible. Number one, keep the credit worthiness high. Number two, keep the terms short. Okay, keep the terms short. And number three, ladder. What do I mean by ladder? Don't have all the maturity dates at the same time. So in other words, don't take all of your money and stick it in one CD that's going to mature 10 years from now. First of all, that doesn't meet that short-term requirement, but it's not laddering. So if you had a million dollars, and let's say you were going to put it into some CDs because you're getting a little bit higher interest in a CD and it's FDIC insured, then laddering it may be taking a million dollars and having a $250,000 CD that starts today at this A-rated bank, right? And it's going to be maybe, uh, we'll talk about terms in a moment, but maybe it's a one-year term on that. And we're going to have another 250000 and another A-rated bank in a CD. And that one's going to start in three months. And we might think about having a $250,000 tranche of uh, short-term treasury bills. And that one we might start in six months or we might start it now. So I want you to ladder so that the maturities are going to be rolling. Okay. So that's going to be one of your best things is I would not take it at face value, although the feds and all of the pundits on, you know, everywhere are saying, oh, you know, it doesn't matter. FDIC insured limits don't matter anymore because they're going to um, they're going to make sure everybody is made whole. Well, if we really get into a major problem, that's not in writing. So I would just say it's probably going to feel a lot better. And by the way, I did want to show you one thing that is in writing about the Silicon Valley bank failure. Now, they may have changed this, 
but in all of the documentation that I've seen, they haven't changed this part of it. They have said that everybody's going to be made whole. But if you read, and I do link to this in my blog, if you read here, what you'll see is that they're saying that all the insured depositors will have full access to their deposits, but the uninsured are going to receive a receivership certificate, not access. So again, I think that it's going to be a lot less stress and worry if you feel that you have access to your money immediately. So um, keep the credit worthiness high, the term short and ladder. All right, let's go through a few other things that I think we need to be very, very aware of in today's world. One thing I will say is this, all assets can lose value in today's recessions, in 21st century recessions, largely because we, we tend to have these asset bubble-driven bull markets. So when assets get too pricey, and then we have a recession, we can have everything fall, right? Um, typically bonds would be the bright spot. So in the Great Recession, stocks fell and real estate fell and bonds were the bright spot. Same thing happened in the dot-com recession. This time around, bonds actually, long-term government bonds lost more than stocks last year. They lost 26%. So we're seeing all of the assets under pressure. So paper assets are probably gonna lose value at a faster clip than hard assets. However, let's say it's your home or let's say you have income property of some kind. If it's your home, you need to be evaluating whether or not you can afford it and a few other things. If it is income property, you need to be you know, treating it like a business and making sure that you're getting a yield on it and it, you know, you're not funding it from the bank of mom. So that's another thing that I want us all to be aware of is that hard assets may hold their value better in this current recession. Doesn't mean they're gonna stay at par at where they are right now, but they could hold their value better. So if you do already own a house that you can afford and you're thinking of downsizing, you might wanna see if there's a way that you can monetize it and keep the hard asset instead. Um, and again, those kinds of scenarios sometimes are well, um, you know, it's something that we sh we can personalize more in a private coach coaching session. Of course, it's just my two cents. You're the boss of your money. But I do believe that when each of us can receive as much data and information as possible about what's likely to happen in the next few years, and we're making informed choices rather than guess choices, it's a better idea. All right. So we've talked about what happens to FDIC and non-FDIC. We've talked about banks being at greater risk in the U.S. than most people are aware of. And we've talked about your three-step plan, keep the term short, keep the credit worthiness high and ladder. Now, I want to tell you that you're going to start seeing a lot of social media and emails scaring the hell out of you and then telling you in all caps exactly what you need to do to protect yourself and that you have to do it right now or miss the opportunity. Those are a million red flags. So be very, 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 very cautious of that, thinking that, oh, I should just put all my money into crypto in a hard wallet or thinking, oh, I should just put my money in Binance or, oh, I should just buy crypto. That's the only thing that's safe. Um, if you are interested in crypto, then I would consider it to be at risk and a hot slice of my nest egg pie chart system. That way, when crypto goes crazy high, which it does, 
then you have these slices that are saying screaming sell high. And then you have captured some liquidity. So if your slice that you've now trimmed it back to a slice now goes down to a sliver, you have the liquidity and the emotional fortitude to buy low again, rather than just riding these crazy crypto winners uh, and crypto bulls up and down. Now, I do want to show you something as well. And that is that the CFTC has just sued Binance, the largest crypto exchange in the world that doesn't even have an office uh, anywhere because it wants to be global. And they're saying that basically their compliance standards are a complete sham. They, and that's the word that they use. So again, you know, you can watch this back at youtube.com forward slash Natalie Pace, and you can actually, you know, enter in uh, enough information here. You could probably just do a search on cftc.gov finance and find this exact page if you're interested in reading it. So um, I personally buy my crypto. And again, it's a hot slice for me. It's a speculative um, you know, when it when it goes up, I take my gains. When it goes down, I buy low. I I do my on Coinbase. It's um, it's publicly traded company, so you can see its financials. Also, it's been around for quite a while, and it's got um, you know, management that's been around for a while and has been through many crypto winters. So that's just personally what I do, um, in order for my due diligence on which exchange I'm going to use. All right, so be wary of emails, social media that are trying to sell you anything is the one thing. Gold, you know, gold is another thing. I mean, it's been the worst performer for the past decade, the worst. Um, you know, nothing is, well, I mean, if you count in the last year, you might say, oh, well, stocks were the worst last year. But over the last 10 years, stocks are still pretty high. So, you don't want to have, again, for me, my gold and my silver, it's a hot slice. It's not everything. And I don't consider it to be safe because, um, as we've seen, gold can have these very long gold winters, too. People that bought high on gold in 1980 when, you know, that everybody thought, oh, that's the only thing you should do. People were selling gold out of their teeth. That's how strong gold fever was. They lost a third within a couple of months half within a couple of years and then it dropped from 800 down into the 300 an ounce range and stayed there for 26 years so again we can have these very long crypto winters very long gold winters so i would consider them to be volatile and risky uh, i.e a hot slice because it could be something especially if everybody starts losing faith in um you know u.s treasuries and or Stocks start going down, that's positive for gold, that's positive for crypto. So it doesn't hurt to have a little bit as a hedge, but I would not be putting and banking everything there. And then the idea that you could actually just go get your money and your cash and bury it in the garden. Um, you know, people from the depression used to say that the chickens would dig it up and eat their cash then. So Again, there's no one safe place. Diversifying and using that three-step plan is a very good idea. Um, so let's talk about also, because a lot of people have on their safe side in retirement accounts. So in there, it's very likely to be in a money market fund. I want to say money market funds are not FDIC insured. They can lose value and they can also have redemption gates and liquidity fees. 
So it's a very good idea to try to have access to your retirement funds. Now, if you're still working, that may be difficult to do, but you can start the process. This, this would be the first no-brainer thing to do. Always put into your 401k up to the match that the employer does, whether that's three or six percent. That should leave you with anywhere from four to six percent that is not going into your retirement account. So that can go into brokerage accounts. Um, that could also go into bank accounts that could go into treasury bills. For those of you that saw my bond video conference, you know that the um, treasury I savings bond that's linked to inflation is paying almost 7% right now. Of course, that's only $10,000 per person per year that you can put in there, but that's something else that you could think about as well. So let me just show you the fine print on money market funds so that you know what I'm talking about. You should be familiar with these things and you should be factoring it in and doing what you can to, to get where um, you can be the boss of your money and know that it's safe from losses and that you're not going to have liquidity fees or redemption gates. So again, you could take a picture of this or you could go to schwab.com or do a search on it, schwab.com money market funds. And when it comes up, just scroll all the way to the bottom and read the fine print. So you could lose money. They may impose a fee upon the sale of your shares. They may temporarily suspend your ability to sell shares. That's what I just said, right? I said that you can lose money, that there are redemption gates and liquidity fees that may be applied. So you want to, um, and if you have money or a 401k at an old employer, that's easy because you can roll it over it's still, it just becomes uh, out of 401k into an IRA, probably a traditional IRA. And it's still a tax protected account. You haven't created an event where you have to pay taxes on it, but um, you may be able to get at least FDIC insured cash um, at, you know, within that. Okay, so there are ways that we can start easing into. And if you are really concerned about this, then I strongly encourage you to buy some coaching sessions and let's look at this together in your particular scenario. Um, annuities and life insurance products. I want to remind you that all financial services do poorly in recessions, especially when bonds are doing poorly because they invest in these vehicles, right? So I would be very cautious about giving my money to a life insurance company in whether it's an annuity or whatever ever other kind of product it would be and hoping and praying that they give it back to me. The reason for that is that we wouldn't have a lot of insurance companies if we had not bailed them out in the Great Recession and we are not supposed to bail them out next time. So I just wanted to uh, refer you to another page, FINRA is the financial regulatory services for brokers and dealers. They have an excellent uh, page on annuities and other um, insurance products. And it's just a reminder that it's not FDIC insured. It's not insured by any government agency. They say there may be a state help in the event of a failure, but it's not gonna be 100%. Also, you have to be aware that um, a lot of annuities have surrender charges. They have hidden expenses and fees. They usually pay very high commissions to their salespeople. And uh, you could also incur special fees or even reduced benefits 
um, if, so, if certain things happen to your account. So this is something that you just want to be aware of as well. Like, don't think, oh, I should just put my money in an annuity. They're telling me it's safe and that this company has been around for over a century. Well, Lehman Brothers was around for over a century. AIG was around for over a century. It would be out of business. And by the way, a lot of the life insurance companies that are actually at AIG companies have different names. So um, I think it's really important right now for everybody to know exactly what they own, to have a forensic audit that is not one that is being done by their broker salesman, a second opinion, if you will. Um, and uh, you can do that many ways. You could read about it in my book, The ABCs of Money. Be sure to get the fifth edition that was done in 2011. Uh, yes, I'll be updating it now that we're in inflationary times. Uh, I'm sorry, 2021, it was just updated. Um, you can join us at our April retreat. The next one is April 22nd through the 24th. It's online, so you can attend in your pajamas. And again, we spend one full day on what's safe there. So you're going to get a lot more information than you're getting in this 25-minute you know, video conference. Um, and then also, you know, you could do private coaching. I do an uh, unbiased second opinion where you basically send me over, uh, answer a few questions, send me over your brokerage statements and basic information on how much you have in cash and where it is. And I send you back a pie chart of what you have, a pie chart of what a better plan would look like. And I outline the steps I would be taking if I were you um, to pr better protect my wealth. So um, all those are available to you. You could, uh, of course, start with the April 22nd. And, um, you know, if you feel like you need private coaching, then you could go from there or you could do it the other way. And um, I would just say that I wouldn't be panicked because, again, the federal backstop should have um, protected things. Also, we're we just had a GDP report today that was, you know, wasn't any big surprise because it was just a revision of what we already know where we were 2.6% um, GDP growth in the fourth quarter. We're going to have the next one at the end of April. That's actually expected to be positive. So, um, you know, I don't anticipate a great deal of stress before our April retreat. Um, that after there could be, we do have some things waiting in the wings. So I want you to be aware of that. And I want you to be um, reading this blog. And again, it's the one, right? Not the green banks one, which I, I do recommend you read, especially if you're interested in sustainability. The eight fires the Federal Reserve Board needs to be putting out. So I outline what's coming up because this is pretty important for everybody to be aware of. Um, the debt ceiling, they have to raise that by the end of May or we get into trouble. The bank stress tests are gonna be announced at the end of June. Um, we may have another uh, interest rate hike, although it the I did listen to the Federal Reserve, I, uh, Jerome Powell's press uh, conference, and it did seem as though there may be an appetite at the feds not to raise rates at the next meeting because they feel as though um, the tightening in the financial industry may actually do what they need it to do for inflation purposes. That's what they're saying. Of course, there would also be, we don't want to hurt the banks anymore behind that statement as well. 
So again, I would be looking at this because as I said, before April, we're not seeing a lot of stress, but we sure are seeing the potential for stress at the end of May, could start at the beginning of May, certainly at the end of June again as well, when the bank stress tests are announced. So um, I'm gonna go ahead and stop it here for a moment. Uh, and if anybody has a quick question, I would be happy to answer it. Um, I'll have to unmute you and then I'll come back after we've done that. And of course, if the question is something I think everybody can benefit from, I'll answer it on air. And then I'll uh, give you a little bit of additional information on some exciting things that I, I know you're going to want to hear about. All right, so one of the things I wanted to share with you guys is, you know, as you probably are aware, I'm very into sustainability. And we are going to be hosting an online global Earth Gratitude celebration. It's going to be featuring people from around the world who are basically making the sustainability changes in their communities that we can all be inspired by. Our past contributors include the current King of England, the Dalai Lama, EarthDay.org, all of the largest organizations out there, but even smaller ones like the Edible Schoolyard that was founded by Alice Waters, a very famous um, you know, chef in San Francisco with Chez Panisse. Um, it, a lot of communities, Compton Community Garden, Ron Finley, these are food deserts. They started their own uh, gardens so that they could actually have fresh produce. So there's a lot of great things that are going on. There's a lot of things that you should be aware of. We do it from an attitude of gratitude. It's going to be fun. I strongly recommend that you go to earthgratitude.org so that you can sign up for your um, 13, 14 days of gratitude. And also so that you'll be sure to know the exact time of our live stream, which is going to be April 22nd, 2023. So there's earthgratitude.org. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is that we would love to see you at our online financial uh, freedom retreats. The retreats are the most affordable that we have ever had. You know, I, sometimes the retreats have been ex as expensive as almost $2,000 a person. Online retreats, we are able to save a boatload and we pass on the savings. So right now, if someone registered, it's $895. And if they wanted to bring a friend, it's $550. And if you put together a group of four or five, we will make the costs and we'll cut the costs even lower for you. So email info at nataliepace.com if you might be interested in registering. If you are interested in um, learning more about the retreat, just go to nataliepace.com, scroll down, click on the flyer, and you're going to be able to see um, you know, the exact time, which is basically 10 to 6 Eastern. Okay, so it's not too, too early for you on the Pacific Coast. I'm in New York right now. And you can also read uh, about the prices and you can read testimonials. Now, I wanna just remind you guys that I got into this business because my mentor, Gary Becker, who's a Nobel Prize winning economist, I think I have his, his um, testimonial in here somewhere. Sorry, I'm scrolling by this pretty fast. Anyway, you should be able to read it there. So my mentor basically said that, look, even educated men and women need the information that's outlined in the retreat. 
what's hot and what's safe changes every year. So even if you you're seeing that, even if you attended last year, it's a good idea to update and attend again. Um, the week, the Saturday after the retreat, we're actually hosting our rebalancing masterclass. You have to have attended a retreat. It's best if you've attended true retreats before you do that, because you won't be able to keep up. That's why we call it a masterclass. So if you have attended two retreats and you want to learn how to rebalance on your own, how we do it, we give you an Excel file to help you with it. We also show you how to put your holdings into each one of these slices. So just go to that menu on the right side and click on the rebalancing your wealth plan masterclass to learn more about that. Um, again, that's very affordable. It's just one full day and it's 525. Also, for those of you that are our volunteers, we do have a 12-month all-access pass that's really affordable. So if you'd like to learn more about that, email info at nataliepace.com with 12-month all-access pass. Thank you for joining me. I'm here to help. Again, I think that there are many, many ways that we can protect our wealth. And I think that we have to think of it holistically. Like, the, you know, again, we talk about this at the retreat. I talk about it ad nauseum in all of my books as well. We want to have the same kind of money plan that really wealthy people who keep their wealth over the centuries employ. So that means that we want to stop making everybody else rich. We want to, that would include the tax man, the um, landlord, the utilities, the car salesman, the insurance salesman, the gasoline station. There are ways that we can take all of this money back and stick it in our own wallets instead of letting it fly out the window. We have to have this whole view, this intergenerational view of our wealth and how are we protecting it for our kids and our grandkids or for generations to come on this planet. So all of these things are the way that we do that. Now, I'm going to show you one last thing that we did, and I encourage you to look at this one as well. So we just got back from our Royal Restormal Manor House retreat, where I've been, these were all volunteers, people who have attended at least two retreats. And, um, you know, I said, let's go and live in a Royal Manor House for a week so that you can see firsthand all of these things that I'm talking about. You've had all of the online training we can do. Let's go in and live it. And here's the result of that. And we're going to do it again next March. So if you go here and again, back to my menu and you just scroll to the bottom to the Restormal Retreat, I encourage you, it's probably going to be March, the second week of March. Here's some pictures from it. You can watch our video that we made from it. And you can also read about the feedback of uh, the people that attended there. Again, you really, we have a way because this is a year from now. So you can join our volunteer team very easily and attend that retreat. If you want to, you know, if you want to change your life, if you want to change the way you think about things, it does help to experience it firsthand. A girlfriend of mine used to say, anybody who wants to open a restaurant should volunteer to work in a restaurant for a week. And then you'll know a lot more about it. Same thing if you want to own a bed and breakfast. All of these things, you know, I remember once I wanted to be a teacher and I actually was a teacher for a, a short period of time right out, right out of college. 
And, um, you know, I was like, boy, you know, this is not something I want to do for the rest of my life. I love teaching, as you can see here, I am doing it now. But, um, you know, I just, I don't know. Anyway, you, you get what I'm saying. Living it allows new ideas. Uh, it makes it feel like it's possible. It's not just on paper. So all of those things are available to you at the Restormal Retreat. It's only nine bedrooms, so it does sell out pretty fast. That one was sold out months in advance. If you're interested, reach out info at nataliepace.com with Restormal Retreat in the subject line. We're also thinking about doing one in Poundbury, England in September. And that one is really cool because Poundbury, England is one of the most sustainable communities in the world. And I have, there's so much that you can learn there. So if you're really interested in green, that might be a place to go to. All right. So reach out to us and we're here not just to help you protect your wealth, which of course is super important. Like the first step is let's keep our money. The second step is let's live a richer life. Let's, um, let's co-create a better world. But you got to protect your wealth before any of that can happen. Thanks again. Um, again, you can watch all this back at youtube.com forward slash Natalie Pace. I want to thank everybody for joining me today. And I encourage you to reach out to your friends. Look, money is a, a subject that we do not like talking about, right? Because it's so personal. And But I will tell you, really wealthy people talk about money a lot. And they talk about with their kids and they train their children. So I think it's worth mentioning it once to people you love that um, there's more information to be had than what they get in mainstream media and definitely more than you get in emails or social media where they really a lot of it is really good marketing that is designed to scare the heck out of you and then sell you something that they're going to profit from we see that a lot a lot a lot and whenever there's any kind of distress times that's when the shysters and scam artists come out in spades and you know, look, not everything is a shy is a scam, right? It's not all a ruse. Sometimes it's just that it's a young person with lofty ideas and they just, you know, get out over their skis. That may be the case that, that might happen with Binance. It certainly could have been the case with Sam Bankman Fried at FTX. So it's just there are ways that we can do this. And by the way, those of you um that are wondering whether or not your brokerage, the brokerages have credit ratings too. And you can look at these yourself. So as just one final shot on this, um, you know, when I was showing you the credit scores of the banks, you can also do it for Charles Schwab. You can do it, uh, TD Ameritrade is owned by Charles Schwab. Fidelity is private. So you can't do it for Fidelity, but you can do it for Raymond James. So, you know, you can easily just go to spglobal.com and at the top, you know, there's that little tiny search box there and put in the brokerage that you have and see what their credit score is. Let's see if we can find anything about Raymond James just right off the top. So it's A minus. And I'm pretty sure Schwab is as well. That one's A, so it's slightly higher rated rating. All right. 
So again, thanks, and I'll see you. Um, if not before, I'll see you next Thursday. We're going to talk more about green banks because that's another social media thing. And we're saying, oh, Bank of America and JP Morgan are fossil fuel funders. Don't bank with them. Um, but those are the ones that are the only ones in the US outside of Morgan Stanley that are rated A. Everything else is rated BBB. So what are you going to do about that? So we're going to talk about those green banks that are on those lists that everybody is getting, Bank for Good and all these lists. We're going to look at some of those. I think what, what you're going to find is going to be a rather shocking. And we're going to also look at ways that you could potentially get your money as green as possible, um, while also as safe as possible. So we're going to have to get real creative about that. All right. First step is keeping your money. And the second step is let's make sure that our money is going for things that we believe are creating a better world and not destroying it. All right, we'll talk to you uh, next Thursday. Hope to see you in April. Those of you that want to brave with me in Poundbury in September, reach out, just email info at natalieface.com with Poundbury in the subject line. I encourage you to Google Poundbury. It probably has a wiki page. It used to have an arts and culture page on Google so that you can see how sustainable it is. And um, yeah. Thanks for being part of our community. I love my job and I really want to make sure that as many of us as possible, not only protect our wealth, but learn how to live a richer life and start expanding that into the multi-generational and keeping our money instead of making, you know, everybody else rich at our own expense. All right. See you next week. Thanks again.